Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. In this podcast, we will recap Toronto, and we will talk about everything that went down in Toronto. Um, no doubt about it, and we'll cover it the best way we can. Again, I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening. With me on the line, Jason Wygant. Yeah. And another Jason, a Jason who actually raced this weekend, Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? Uh, not much. What? Uh, how was your race? Uh, it sucked. Okay. Short and sweet, it sucked. Right, right. Uh, track a little, uh, little sketchy. I'm not saying, not making any excuses. I'm just. Uh, what do you think of the place? It was sketchy. I don't think anybody would argue that. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't hate it, uh, but it was sketchy, and there was a lot of crashes all weekend. Right. But uh, overall, I was, you know, I was okay with the track. It just, mm-hmm. especially it looked like in the main event, which I was not in the, again this week. Right. Uh, it looked like it got tough. Um, there was. I, I, I could see some of the jumps and stuff on TV. I could see it better than in person. Some of the sections got really difficult and really chewed up and down to the concrete in some spots, and I, I'm surprised there wasn't a lot more crashes than there were. Um, yeah, it, uh, uh, it it seemed like the, the, by the end of the race, everyone was kind of battling the track more than each other. You know what I mean? Mistakes were around. Even Ryan Villapoto, the guy who won, smoked it. He's still, yeah, he's still the, mistakes. That that hurt the main event pretty bad. I think the the track going away. Yeah. Everybody was just trying to circulate and get through it more than really race each other. I right, felt right. like frustration level for you right now, JT, on a scale of one to ten. I'm gonna go with nine hundred seventy thousand six hundred eighty-two. Yeah, it's been tough. It has been, um, and uh, just I don't know. Got to keep my head up. That's all I can really do. You know. Yeah. Right, there's nothing else we, that I can do at this point. We talked to yesterday about some of your stats in Supercross. Um, so maybe you can go back and look at those and rest on those laurels. Yeah, but it's if I was retired, that would be great. Right. I could be like, yeah, that's sick. But why again? Did every you, weekend? Did you see that tweet? Why again? I put out. Uh, no, I don't think I did. It uh, it's JT JT Money's. Uh, we 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 added it all up. 213 Supercrosses entered, 138 Supercross main events, 31 lights main events, 14 double mains. Whew. So, uh, There's 238 with all those combined, 238 entries. 213 total. 213. Including lights class, yeah, 213. Uh, 138. 2013. What? Yeah, I've been racing since 1941. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, 138 Supercross main events, 31 lights, 14 double main events. When Art Ekman was calling you the Iron Man, that's a lot. I still, I still go back to what I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago. 
you had a rough run of it at the beginning of, I don't even know what year it was, but it goes back quite a ways now, five or six years. And I remember you getting gas cards and missing mains and being pissed off, but picking yourself up by the bootstraps, recovering, and then going back for five more years of consistently putting it in the main. So I've seen you climb these hurdles again before. Up, up and down, man, up and down. Yeah, it's just been uh... – just a, one thing after another, really. It hasn't been like the same thing every weekend. Just kind of frustrating. So mm-hmm. definitely haven't given up yet. You know, we still have like one third of the season left. If you want to look at it like that. So <laughs> mercy, mercy. Just, uh, I don't know. Got to make it happen. Really, there's really no time to waste at this point. Uh, before we get too far into um, Toronto, what about Tim Tebow? Well, I'm glad you bring that up. We got popular demand. Yeah, a lot of positive responses. To last <laughs> Lots of people about. really like the uh, yeah the football talk. So let's continue that. Yeah, big big fan favorite. Uh, Tim Tebow going to the New York Jets. Uh, I don't know, oh, JT. What do you think? You're a big team Tim Tebow fan, but they've already said, hey, Sanchez is a starter. Tebow's going to do packages, different packages. Uh, Tim Tebow is probably the greatest human alive, just to start off with this subject. <laughs> okay. Um, so, with that in mind, I, I really didn't want him to go to New York. I was hoping he would come to Florida. but uh, and he said no. He turned him down. He yeah, did. yeah, I know. Yep. I, I'm, I'm aware of how it went down. Why, why, um, why do you think I, he did I'm that? But I am thankful he went to a team with a crappy quarterback like Mark Sanchez. So. Why did he do that, do you think? I don't know. I, I don't. I from what I've heard, he didn't get a really welcome uh, kind of response from the Jacksonville coaches. Um, I, I heard that he that the owner really wanted him there for obvious reasons, but the coaches weren't that keen on it. So mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted to be in a situation again where he was, you know, not wanted. So okay. Um, I think I think that was it more than anything. I I say it's the difference between Jacksonville and New York. He's going to be. A bigger star in New York, make more money, be more in demand, get more appearances, more commercials. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's it. I, I think he would. I think he would love to be in Jacksonville if it was the right situation for him. But I mean, he's a football player. He wants to play football. And if if he has to walk into another situation where the coaches don't want him there, you know, well, that, that doesn't do him any good. He has a better chance of playing football in Jacksonville because Blaine Gabbert is worse than Mark Sanchez. That's that's debatable. Sanchez no, sucks. No, no, it's not debatable. It's fact. Come on, Mark Sanchez, Sanchez went, went to the AFC Championship game. He plays two on years a great a team, but he's not good. He, Blaine, he's better than Blaine Gabbert. He's better than Blaine. You Gabbert. can't prove that. <laughs> I I can pull up their stats if you'd like. I, that's but that's the team around him also. Why can't oh, help me out here? I do disagree though with the. Uh, I don't think the New York thing marketing wise, the NFL somehow has overcome that doesn't really matter where you play. I don't know why any other sport cannot figure that one out. But as Aaron Rodgers is no less of a star playing in arguably not even a big city than any other quarterback who is in one. I don't think that's the issue. I don't even think – I think that just follows Tebow. I don't think Tebow goes out of his way to create that stardom. I think exactly. it just happens. Exactly. So, Look at Mark Sanchez. Him, yeah, he's, not, think, he's not over-marketed at all. You never see him anywhere. What? <laughs> Okay. No, I'm just saying oh. he's in that spot right now, and it's not like he's getting a ton of PR anywhere. Yeah, the, the bottom. But he line. does get the he does get the occasional cover of a men's uh, style magazine. Yeah. Well, that's because he, he wouldn't get. He he is willing to wear all white. 
the, the, I think the bottom line on all this, though, is that Tebow sucks, and he's not that good of a quarterback, and I'm not really sure, you know, what's going to happen with him in New York. Compared to Carson Palmer or Jason Campbell, I completely disagree. <laughs> he, he's, as we saw near the end of the year, and there's this little thing in the NFL a couple years ago called the Wildcat. Uh, Miami Dolphins started it, and they ran rampant through the New England Patriots the first time, and and they took took a while for the NFL to catch on, but rarely ran nowadays. Rarely, rarely done because defenses, film, films, coaches have all figured out the Wildcat. They've all figured out Tim Tebow, and he will. I mean, his magic is done. You know what I mean? Like we saw at the end of the year what happened to his magic. It just takes a little while in the NFL to catch up, but they are. They caught onto the guy that he. You know, basically has the you know the heart of uh of say a Ray Lewis, but also throws like Ray Lewis. You know, so uh, what happened? What happened in that Steelers game? Well, uh, the Steelers game, he threw one long bomb and it connected. But they didn't didn't the Broncos win though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With one well, long bomb that connected. Oh, okay. I thought, were, I thought you were saying they totally figured him out and it was he was ineffective in this league anymore. I, I yeah. was just unsure of yeah. how that, yeah. that whole yeah. deal worked. If you want to go back to the team surrounding cast making all the difference, I mean, there you go. Team keeps him in the game for 59 of the 60 minutes, and then he throws a bomb or gets a 60-yard run. Yeah, uh, I, 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 was, I thought for sure that they were 1-4 when he came in this year. Could be wrong. And, and, I'm pretty uh, sure they were 1-4 and four on losing by two touchdowns at halftime. And so then and they he went... Won, he won that game... And then he took him to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't know. My my math may be way off. No, like like, but no, no, like the Wildcat that was rolling over everybody for a month, a month and a half. Um, Tebow rolled over everybody for a month, month and a half, and then slowly but surely, everyone's starting to figure him out. Yeah, if the measure of the quarterback is just winning, then Mark Sanchez is really good. Yes. He's been to two Ooh. championship games in, Ooh. what, four years in the league. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. So, Tebow, I think the problem with Tebow is that he's gotten to be such a big star, and because of those wins, I mean, being a backup quarterback is the worst position Who, as far who's, as being uh, a star. Like, you don't even play. Who's at an and, airport right now? Who's, at a, who's in a chopper right now? Oh, that's uh, someone. It's my neighbor blowing his leaves off of the yard. Should be gone in a second. Let me try is, to. Is it a NASCAR driver? Move to another. Is it a NASCAR driver? Is it Greg Biffle? They they probably have people to do that for them. Oh okay. Andy Boyer probably. Do, do you ever? <laughs> do you ever see any NASCAR guys anywhere? No, I've heard story. They. Uh, I live about ten minutes from the big lake here, Lake Norman, and I yeah. think that's where they all live around there. Uh huh. And um, there are stories of certain bars that you can go to, or like the places where they hang out. Okay. But, I'm kind of out of the bar business right now since I got a one-year-old. Darn it! Right, right, right. Um, like this guy that builds JGR's amateur engines. Like supposedly him and Michael Waltrip are like super buds. Nothing to do with like racing connections or anything like that. Because he like ran into him and he didn't know who Michael Waltrip was, and Waltrip thought that was awesome. And uh-huh. Talk about Cody. Water type. Yeah, Cody. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um. Anyways, yeah. Back to uh, back to Tebow. So, uh, JT, I know you're oh, clearly you're a fan. So. You know, I don't know. I just, I just, I mean, the guys, it won't be long before the guy's in the CFL. He fits the CFL excellent. 100% won't happen. All right. Let's just, let's just uh, revisit this. Are you the, mad? Are, is any of this bitterness because the Broncos 
made the playoffs and the Raiders did not. No, no, the, the, the stupid Raiders. Completely unrelated. Un- unrelated. The stupid Raiders had two or three chances to do it on their own without any help, and they blew it each and every time. So they have nobody to blame but themselves, much like the Maple Leafs, who are once again going to miss the playoffs for the seventh year in a row. Um, if, you put, if you put Tebow on the Maple Leafs tomorrow night, he probably, they, they would maybe make the playoffs still. Oh, my God. Even if they're mathematically eliminated, they still make the playoffs. I just, uh, you know what? Sanchez isn't that good, uh, but Tebow. That's that's a fact. Tebow is a terrible quarterback, and he, I I mean, they'll put some packages in for him. He'll run a little bit. He'll run around the field, but basically I predict a lot of ineffectiveness for Tim Tebow in the coming years. All right. Well, it's your decision to be wrong. It's my decision to be wrong. Um, I don't think there's any way why can't there's there's no way he takes over Mark Sanchez job no way. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. I w- I would actually if this makes any sense I can agree with you on the, him being a terrible quarterback but mm-hmm. I cannot agree with you on him not getting the starting job <laughs> if that makes any sense. It does but yeah a little bit. In yeah. in many ways that's exactly the way it even turned out the season that just passed. Right. Like he was not playing great but he was the starter and he was even leading him to wins in the playoffs and getting a playoff win all at the same time, arguably not doing a great job as a quarterback. It was very strange. Right. I could see it happening again. It's a tough situation, though, because like, unlike other sports where people sub in and out, like if you're the backup, you don't play. So how do they make that work, and how do you have a player of Tebow's caliber just not play? Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. – how are they going to work this? The first time that a running play for Tebow breaks down and he improvises and throws a dart, 10 yards oh. down the field, it's going to be like, oh, God. You know, you know what I mean? Like, Sanchez. Get him in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. He's, he's, he's been figured out. That whole Wildcat thing's been figured out. It's, it's curtains for that kind of – for those guys. That's not, it's not a smart move. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the little NFL wrap-up. I know that's what they came to the podcast for. Yeah. A lot of fans dug, uh, dug it last week. Yeah, no, absolutely. The calls were outrageous. It was, it was insane. Let's, let's move on to Toronto. Um, okay. Ryan Villapoto won again. Uh, Wagant, you didn't go. You missed out. So uh, you missed uh, probably one of the more boring races we've seen, just in the, oh. in the fact that Brayton was all by himself. Wyndham rode well to get third. He did pass, have to pass Weimer, have to pass Millsaps. Um, but really, you look at the you look at the chart of guys, and Villapoto, Brayton, Wyndham, Millsaps, Weimer, and Metcalf, six guys, they're taking the top six spots unless disaster happens. From now, from here on out, would you agree? You don't think uh, Will Hahn's getting in there? You want to start this again? <laughs> we had Will Hahn on the Pumpermax show last night. Will Hahn's a great yeah, guy. We're all good. We're all good. Um, no, I, I, I'd use the Will Hahn example because, like, for a couple of weeks, you even had a few of the you know visiting West Lights guys to maybe mix it up, but now they're pretty much leaving. <clears throat> Musquin's out. You know, Sealy's yeah. done. Musquin, I guess, is going to be done. Yeah. And uh, you know, Hahn. Had had was okay, and the result was okay, tenth. But it certainly wasn't the same level of what you saw from Sealy the very first time out, where he's leading seven laps. So you don't even have that level of intrigue anymore either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's making it tough for sure. It, it's gonna um, be. It's good. It, it, you know, and and you know what? It just makes us appreciate uh, um, what we had last year even more because it just. It right now, I feel like JT, like Chisholm, Tickle. Han, Grant, Alessi, throw them in a bag, mix them all up, and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like circumstances. 
Yeah, it's obviously a letdown. Um, for how great of a season it could have been, now it's just like, blah. You know, yeah. I, I think Brayton can win a race, but I honestly don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Like, the championship's over. Uh, whatever. Just yeah. everybody pick, you know, pick their finish out of a hat, like a Loretta's or the bucket, and let's you know, um, move I, on. Yeah, so, no, why again, without, without, without uh, at the risk of getting you very upset and possibly hanging up on this podcast, do do we, as a media group, do the fans, do we make a big of deal about Brayton as we should? Like, obviously, we're there to cover the races, and hey, Part of a skill of being a motorcycle racer is staying healthy. I truly believe that's a skill. Uh, and right now, the injured Nick Way uh, can attest, you know, is very skilled at staying healthy. Although right, not right now. Or JT, you, you yourself. That's a skill. Or Dungey Reed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Dungey, I mean, just a rock. Wait, no, never mind. Not him. Uh, Reed, yeah. never miss. No, no, he's out too. Um, right. But you know what I mean? So it's a skill. And good for those guys that are staying healthy and riding well. Are we blowing this up a little bigger than what it is because of just we're looking for something to talk about, fans and media? Well, I want to go back to the beginning of this podcast and say that, first of all, Justin Brayton is the greatest human being on the planet right now, oh, much, like, much like Tebow. Right. just want to first preface it with that. Don't no, ever say I, that actually, again. yeah. <laughs> the, the problem is um, the, the Brayton thing is like polarizing right now. Because the guy is doing well, and he's getting seconds, and he's even led a little bit here. So it's a big step forward. And seriously, that's like the only, the last two weeks, I guess that was the only, if you could call it that, threat to Villapoto. I don't know how much of a threat it was, but he was the only one threatening him at all, right? So as journalists, you want to cover that and say, though, well, here's some of the story. Brayton read, led a little bit. Then you get a lot of people saying you're giving this guy too much credit because he would have probably finished, he'd be finishing fifth if the other guys were there, which really... I don't know if I can disagree with that. I mean, let's be honest. I think the only thing you can say is, though, he's definitely riding better than he was at the beginning of the year. So whether he would have gotten second or fifth, he is getting better. So there's something to be said for that. But um, you're still getting some heat from people because it's true. He's riding better, but he might actually still only be getting fifth if the other guys were healthy. Did you happen to see Wygant? Uh, I know this is, you know, I know whenever I need an opinion on Splitting the atom or a cold fusion, I go to the RacerX comment section. And uh, oh, yes. uh, did you happen to see somebody? I don't know which. I'm trying to think which story it was. You know what? Maybe I'll dig it up really quick here. Uh, did you happen to see the comment where somebody basically uh, went off on you? Um, oh, really? <laughs> no, I, let me, I, uh, I don't read the comments because of things like that. Hold on. That's specifically why I don't. Uh, yeah, what? please read it. Uh, You guys can add, talk about something else. Yeah, I do want to hear this. I guess my point is this. You can all, the only reason you can say that Brayton is riding better is not because he's getting second place. It's because over the last couple of weeks, it seems like he's starting to separate himself from the other pack that he was once a part of. Um, so by us saying that Brayton's improving, it's not because we're saying he's getting second. To me, it's because he's finished in front of Weimer, Millsaps, Wyndham, those guys that he was battling with earlier in the year. So it's both. He's, he is getting better, but it's not like we're saying he's gotten so good that he's gotten to the level of Reed or Dungey or Stewart. They just happen to be out. So it's both. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm not crazy. Yeah. 
I feel like uh, we're in a tough spot in the media, you know? Um, yeah, and the other issue is that I, I feel like in this sport, and it's rare in this sport, most of the people root for the sport. Like, people try to build up the potential of good racing or good excitement and good action, whereas in other sports they just, eh, whatever it is is what it is. So if we do that, you're stuck with promoting Brayton because he's the guy that's closest, even yeah. if he's not that close, which m- maybe is giving him an unrealistic amount of credit. Right. What do you think, JT? Uh, I think I think two things are happening. I think that um, RV is a little uh, his intensity has gone down a little bit, just because he doesn't have to push the edge anymore to mm-hmm. you know win the championship or whatever. And uh, so that that's bringing Brayton a little bit closer to him. Um, and then Brayton's gaining a little bit of confidence too, to you know think maybe I, I can beat him. I can do this. I can, you know what I mean. So I think the two of those are working together to make the race a little bit closer than maybe it was you know earlier in the year. Oh, you know what? I just think I know. I can't find it, but I think I just remembered that it was in the notebook. It was in the Racer X notebook. Let me look. With there. Ryan Gosling. You know, what? very sad. The notebook. I don't know what you're talking about. I never, yeah. Very sad. Mm, no, maybe it's not in there either. Someone said, hey, Wygant, do you know that RV won the race? You're being disrespectful. Uh, show some class or something. Maybe I read it on Oh, this is the classic. We get this all the time in the Racer X website. Yeah, something like that. Different stories are designed for different things. Like, for example, we have this thing called the notebook, which is basically designed to be, okay, you know who won. Here are some other things that happened in the field. Like, this guy got an eighth, and that's a career best. So we purposely don't mention the winner of the race in that article because he headlines the race report. He gets Monday conversation, and I'm sure he's – I'm sure Villapoto is going to be mentioned in 90% of the stuff this week. Yeah. So you do a column specifically to put the spotlight on other guys because you're going to get hate mail from people saying, why do you only talk about the top guys? Why don't you spread the love? Yeah. So then we do spread the love, and then you get people complaining that – why didn't you talk about the guy that won the race? Well, we did in five other stories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's I, just hilarious how it works every week. You just cannot cannot crack that code. Um, JT, do you, why wouldn't KTM just keep Marvin Musgrin going? Uh, I don't know. I think he's got a lot of other things to be focused on, other than what it, than you know that that bike he's riding. You know, they they probably haven't done much, if any, for uh, outdoor testing. And he obviously <laughs> wants to finish the West Coast Light Strong. So, yeah, You know what? I wouldn't even put him on the West Coast. I don't know. It's all priorities. I mean, just, you know uh, what? Keep him, keep him going. Maybe he'll get a podium here. Could he podium? He could podium. Yeah, but, I mean, what, what, was your, what was his goal at the beginning of the year? You know, I think he wants to win. He would like to win a West Coast race, which is doable for him. No, no, he can't do that. It's not doable? No. No. Why, you think he can podium a 450 race, but he can't win a Lights West race? That's that's your stance? No. <laughs> I'm going to need something other than no. <laughs> no. No, that's not my stance. You're, he could win, <laughs> I guess. You're right. Um, hey, what's going on with um, the uh, Josh Grant? What, what What is going on with Josh Grant? He he did not look good this weekend. He and and he crashed again in practice and. What, is he is he just done? Like I, I have a lot of respect for Josh Grant's talent on a motorcycle. I really do. When he's on and he's riding, man, he is 
one talented rider. But is it just injury after injuries and they've caught up to him? Because he just – I know it's only his second race, and you know maybe I should give him more time and probably should. But, I mean, what – JT, what, what do you think uh, – is he going to come back to where, where he was? I don't know. I, I thought he looked okay other than the whoops, and I don't know what was going on there. If, if he wasn't confident in his setup or his shoulder was weak or it was painful there or what was going on, but right. – Clearly, there was some kind of situation going on in the whoops. Yeah, he was he was pretty. But everywhere else, he was okay. Yeah, he was grabbing a handful of brake before him. Yeah, he just you could tell that he didn't want any part of that section at, at any time this weekend. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know the reason, but obviously there was something. It'll it'll be interesting to see this weekend if that pattern continues or what happens because it didn't seem like he had any problem really at Indianapolis, and then this weekend. Right. Everyone, everyone saw what was going on. So, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to to think about because, like you said, he's been hurt repeatedly, and and he is one of those guys that when everything is perfect, he can run at the front. He's one of the few guys that has the talent to go that fast. So right. when you see him when you see him that far off the pace, you you start to wonder. And I finished right behind him in the heat race, and I I was actually catching him at one point. Uh-huh. And I was just, I remember thinking, like, you know, on one side of my brain, I'm thinking, man, I got to get this guy, I got to get this guy. And the other, other side of my brain, I'm thinking, am I really going to catch him past Josh Grant right here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, did Canari felt the same weird. way in the LCQ? Yeah, Canari, Canari wanted some. Canari wanted some. It was a battle. Well, yeah, that's exactly how I was in the heat. I just couldn't get close enough. It was the same thing. And I'm sure Canari was thinking, and his head, too, he's like, really? Like, I'm all over this guy right now. Like, what is he doing? Can we can we all agree? Wygant, we can all agree. Josh Grant is in the top five percent of pro riders in talent. Just ability to ride a motorcycle. Can we can we agree on that? Top ten percent. I mean, upper upper class. Can we? Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. And but I want to go a step further because I feel like when the t- the talent word gets thrown in this sport, and it's almost like a curse more than a blessing. It's like when you keep saying a rider has talent, it gets taken as wasting the talent. Like he's not trying hard enough to utilize it. Like, I think the thing that's just as surprising with me, not just that he has all this talent and he's not riding fast these last couple of weeks since he's come back, but also the dude has come back from injury before and immediately showed up and gotten back to that level. He's yeah. done that yeah. before. Like, he's bounced back before. So that, to me, is almost a more surprising part. Not just that he has talent, but that he's had the tenacity to bounce back before and mm-hmm. he's not showing it right now. Yeah, yeah, something's yeah. up. He's also tough. He's also tough. Like, he's taken big hits and come back. Like, yeah. it's not just a guy that relies on talent only. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, does does, uh, does RV win outright from here? Does he win out? I think so. Um, okay. I mean, I know I'm a Brayton, Brayton supporter. But you are. Celebrating. Again, my, Celebrating. What's that? Celebrating. Celebrating. Again, any, anything I'm saying that's positive on the Brayton side, I think is more of the – look at how far away he has pulled from that other pack he yeah, was in, yes. as opposed to look how close he is to RV. It doesn't like, matter what his position is. Just look how far he is ahead of what who he was battling with. Yeah. Well, you're the one all year that was saying, you know, no one has been able to officially right. grab that best of the rest yeah. uh, crown, and I think Brayton's making a pretty good bid for that right now. Which, by the way, who said that? Who, who, who was the one who said that three weeks ago? That was that was you. Thank you. We oh, got, you said Brayton was going to be the one. That's right. Yeah, we all picked sort of the guy to emerge from that pack. And I once right. again, I look like a genius. I said Brayton. <laughs> so 
Brayton winning a race is debatable, but I think him pulling away from another group is undeniable. How about that? I don't think RV wins out. Something's going to happen. Like, but it's going to be weird, like lightning strike, bear attack. Like something weird will happen. He's not going to get beat straight up, but something weird is going to happen, and he won't win out. JT? I have, a, I have an opinion. Uh, I think that – You have an opinion? If you look at, okay. if, if you look, yes, I do. If you look at the races left, there's five races left. All five of those races have been strong points for Kevin Windham in his career at some point. Uh-huh. Won, won a lot of Houston, home race in New Orleans, won a lot of Seattle. Salt Lake's usually mud. He's great there. Vegas, he's always strong. So mm-hmm. if you take those five races into account and the fact that he's been coming on strong lately and building confidence, I think Kevin. I just think Kevin's going to win one. I think that RV's going to get a bad start, or he's going to lose the front end like he did at Indy in the heat race. Something's going to happen. A bear attack, and Kevin's going to win. A bear attack. <laughs> Could yes, possibly. Any 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 of those. And I don't. I, and I don't mean a large hairy gay man either. I mean like a real bear. <laughs> RV's well on. Yeah, though. I just think I think Kevin's poised to win one. And, I mean, Brayton obviously could too. Brayton's got to be the favorite to win one, but I think that Kevin's going to pull one out. Yeah. Uh, I think we've seen that happen before, like when the opportunity really knocks, and you're like, who's going to be the guy to break through? Like that's Wyndham has excelled in that situation mm-hmm. many times before. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm. You know, maybe Vegas RV rides around and literally just waves to the crowd, and does you know, knack-knacks and stuff like that. Somebody will win before the year's out. Somebody other well, than I think the, I think the championship's going to be over this weekend, myself. Well, James Stewart, uh, let's talk to the JGR expert among the three of us. And that would be Jason Wygant, who went there for lunch yesterday, yet again. Uh, what's the word on James Stewart? I actually talked to J-Bone today, and Stewart's going to try riding today. He said today is the first day that he feels pretty much normal as far as, you know, his head fogginess condition. Um, so he's going to try riding today. I mean, he did mention on the TV show that he had a broken hand, which no one had known until then. So that seems oh, a little knew. bit iffy. I knew. Oh. I knew, too. Very good. I knew, too. Listen to you guys. Um, I mean, a broken hand, I don't know if that really uh, fixes itself in two weeks, but we've seen guys ride with that before. But in other words, it sure seemed like he was done for a while, but there's at least a chance that he's racing. But I'd say whether he shows up to the race or not, I'm still putting money on. I think Villapoto to wrap it this weekend. But well, I, I don't know the points. But doesn't he? Doesn't he? Need, he need JS to set out completely to wrap it up. No, I think if oh. Stewart gets fourth, Stewart gets a fourth, and Villapoto wins, I think it's over anyway. Okay. And that yeah, sound you hear is the is the Feld Feld promoters just crushing their head against the wall repeatedly when when the champion clinches with four races left. You know what though? What? I still believe it's debatable that it affects the crowd that much. The level of racing. You would think it would, but yeah. were the Toronto and Indy crowds down because no. all those guys are out? No, they were good. Yeah, I, I think people go to Supercross because they go to Supercross. Right. It's just something they do. It's a cool thing Saturday yeah. night in the big stadium, or it's something you do every year. Yeah. I don't. It's, I don't see a massive impact that it's way. It's very surprising, like that the series kind of didn't take a hit when Ferry retired, like crowd-wise. Like very, I was pretty surprised. Yeah. So if that, if I'm it, surprised the sport just recovered at all to be honest with you right like if it's going to recover after that it's going to recover after anything i'm surprised there is a sport thank you at this point thank you yeah um all right anything else i mean we got to stop you, know, you guys want to talk more football <laughs> <laughs> weimer had a crazy um, save I yes was he did yes he did nuts 
uh, good job for Jake for saving that. He's, he, I texted him afterwards, and he said it was uh, very scary. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Weimer, he, remember, he missed the main event last week. Just just a bummer for that guy. Like, things are yeah. just I, – I, like, a, we wrote something that we're just putting on the site now. It's not about Ryan Villapoto, so I guess we're <laughs> disrespectful. Yes. But um, um, it's like – I feel like Weimer has ridden really well 99% of the year. But the other 1% moments that have happened – have really messed yeah, with me, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't get a He'll six. Ride 19 or off seven. laps, but right. have one takeout. Right, right. Or or his terrible races aren't like a six or seven. They're like crash or miss main. Like But only because of one crash. like yeah, yeah. he rides well all day. Yeah. But one thing happens. Yeah, this weekend yeah. He, he was fastest qualifier, I believe. No. No, he was at one point. He was at one point, sorry. At during at one point in the practice he was the fastest guy late oh, into see. the last practice. And then he got passed by Brayton and RV, but he was number yep. one on the board for a while. He was it. He was. You're correct. Hey guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOSports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bicar body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped in anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOSports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. JT, is it just me? Or, yes, it's just you. Does it say? Does it seem like the the second time practice, third practice overall, has always been quicker this year every time? But it never used to be like that. Is it? Don't. Sometimes it was the second one, right? But doesn't it seem like in 2012, every single weekend the last practice is the fastest one? You know what? I think it's more uh, with this three practice format, which we haven't always done. Uh-huh. Uh I think the track gets so beat up for the second, you know, the second out of three, that there's no way it's going to be out of that practice. That that's the worst that we see the track all weekend is is in the first time practice. The second practice because, overall, right? Yeah, right. Because you have six six free practices, mm-hmm. and then however many time practices are in front of you before they do any maintenance at all. That's an excellent point. Wow. So we used to not do that. So you'd have just a just a the first few times when you'd be out there, so the times could be really fast, and then we'd go back out. We you know, uh, worked on it. That's why we have him on the show, Wygant. Yeah, guy who races again, knowing more than us. Who yeah. knew? Yeah, who knows? Um, okay, yeah. So, but yeah, that's. I, it's funny you bring that up because everybody, 
you know, we, we do that first time practice, mm-hmm. and obviously you want to do well just for the competitive nature of it. But, you know, you look at your time, and you're like, eh, if you didn't do well, you're like, eh, it's not going to matter. The second practice is going to be way faster anyway. Yeah, like if you, did do, if you did do well, you're like, all right, that was awesome, but it's not going to matter. And it's still not going to matter. So, Yeah, it seems like most everybody – Sets the fastest time in that third practice, and I don't always remember it being like that. That's all. So, but that, that's, yeah, that's, I, that's, I just think right. it was. A, it's a factor of the them adding in the free practice when we used to not have that. Right, the track maintenance. Um, right. Uh, two fifty uh, series. Anything else about the the four fifties besides the fact that uh, Kenny Watson brought my co-host on Public Mix Show brought over a video last night, and I'm surprised he didn't get more upset on the show, but Kyle Regal got cleaned out by Michael Lessie and Nico Izzy. Like, dirty. Dirty, both guys. And both guys apparently have it coming. Interesting to keep an eye on that. But I, I do not dispute that Izzy and Alessi dirtied Regal up. JT, did you see that at all? I felt bad for Kyle. I personally didn't see either one, okay. but yeah. uh, I don't have any argument that it happened, that's for sure. <laughs> it so. was bad, but... Uh, We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. No doubt about it. Uh, Justin Sipes got 11th. Poo. Yeah. Canari got 9th. Yeah, they both rode well. Sipes rode well all weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched, you know, obviously was uh, not watching particularly, but I saw his lap times all day and, and saw his times in the heat race just glancing at everything, and he rode really good all weekend. So, you know, You know who's good? You know who's sneaky good? Ryan Villapoto. No. You know who's like uh, nobody talks about him, but he's good? Justin Brayton. No, definitely not. Brett Metcalf. Brett, Brett Metcalf. Metcalf. Well, yeah, but we're still not going to talk about Brett Metcalf. Okay. Gavin Faith. He's but, making – he's made all but one main, I think, hasn't he? Yeah. I, th- I, I don't know. I have to look it up. Look it up but yeah, I, mean, I don't one. know that he's finished any of them. That's the problem. Maybe, but when you watch him, <laughs> he picks the track up fast. He picks the rhythms up, the combos – he looks good doing it. He, he's not out of control. He's not sketchy. He's into the mains easily most weekends. Yep. Uh, he, I, I don't know anything about this kid because I don't, I don't follow the amateurs. But he's from Iowa, where Justin Brayton's from. I know that. Uh, what do you know about him, Wygant? Yeah, I'd say that he's, to me, uh, like as an amateur, he was pretty good, but he wasn't lighting things up as far as I remember. So I would say, especially considering he's in the 450 class right off the bat, but this is good. Now, I think the problem is um, everyone probably listening to this is saying, you guys, stop giving Pusipes credit or Canary credit or all these guys credit for where they are. Don't you realize 10 riders are out? But I think we're talking about two different things here. Like, you're looking at the guy's ride and saying they're riding well. It's not just based no, on yeah. the result. I'm not posting yeah. that. I'm saying, like, when I watch Gavin Faith in the seated practice, yeah. he's – with everybody else picking things up as quick as they are, following guys around, not looking at all like, you know, he's got a problem or issues fitting into that into those fast guys. Yeah, and I feel the same way about Sipes. Like, all year, I think Justin Sipes has ridden much better than I've seen him ride in the past. It's right. not just because now he's getting 11th because 10 riders are hurt. Um, I just want to qualify that because – We'll look stupid well, otherwise. That's I mean, the I don't whole know. season now has an asterisk hanging on it. I don't really know what the fans – I mean, should we just not write any articles and not do podcasts? Just nothing? You know what I mean? Like, Well, it's like you'd have to put in parentheses at the end of everything. A career best 
you know, whatever for Weston Pike, but keep in mind 10 riders are out injured. Like, you just have to put that at the end of every what, uh, Weston, I'm not sure. Weston Pike's back on the star racing team. I'm so confused on that team. Yes. Yes, he had a week off. You're and, just now confused on that team? Just now? No, no, no. It just adds to it. It just adds to it. Um, I think I can read this text on the air but not tell you who it's from. Um, Stroop's fired again, apparently. Or maybe not. Uh, here's here's the latest. Uh, That's a great beginning to the to the letter. Got some? No, no. Here, here's uh here's the text I got from somebody that that would know. Um, call the manager Doug. It's a pretty funny story. Typical Stroop. Doug fired him, but I think Chad Lanza rehired him. That's 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 the latest on on that team. What is going on? Like seriously, what is going on? So. Like I heard, Stroop was let go, and I I I heard this earlier in the year, and I now heard that the only reason they hired him back was because I put that out that he was let go. So then they were like, "Screw that, he's not let go. We we didn't break the news, so we're gonna hire him back." That's what I heard. I, I don't believe. I it. actually heard that too. Did you? Not to your fate. Yeah, I actually heard that too. Like not to your, not just because they were saying because you were standing there, but I heard that when like you weren't around. Right. Like they had not told him. And he's like, you you know, yeah. they, they always say in PR, like, the first rules person should never hear their own name in a press release first. Like, they should be told, this is what's going right. to happen, right. and now we're going to go public with it. Right. And they, they went the opposite, and they felt bad, so they kept him on. I did hear that, too. Yeah. So, like, I heard again this weekend he was out, and I'm not, I'm not going to write it. Obviously, I'm talking about it. And I don't even – because I don't know. So I follow that up with a text, and that's the, what I just read with the text back. So I have no clue. Weston Pike is back on the team a week after shit-talking them really bad publicly about being let go. <laughs> like, I, I, if someone needs to – Aaron Hansel. Goddamn Aaron Hansel. He had, he had a baby. And, and, and yeah. otherwise he'd be all over this. Why do you want, why do you want to fix it? I, it's awesome. It is great fodder for talking. I don't know why you would ever want to change that. No, I just want to know more. I want to get behind the <laughs> scenes, figure it out, you know? Like, what is going on over there? I also heard that Pike had one of the hardest crashes uh, ever seen in a Supercross track. All the JGR guys were talking about it. Because he's so when, – when he hits the ground, he hits the ground pretty hard. Yeah. Um, they said he crashed, I think, into the face of the finish line jump. And the joke was that when it was over, it was like in a cartoon where they go through the brick wall and there's like an outline of the body. Um, no, he like he crashed. He crashed in the rhythm after the after the first turn. Oh, okay, in a rhythm lane. Yeah. It was that he yeah. crashed, I guess, into the face of the jump, and then like the poor jump, the, the stadium shook. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, like I said, he's the one who ran over Andrew Short, and if you could pick anybody to run you over, anybody at all, the yeah. last guy would be Weston Pike, and we haven't seen a linebacker, and we haven't seen Andrew Short since. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, I actually got the word maybe New Orleans. So for for Andrew Short. Um, Kind of feels like no one really talks about Andrew Short's injury, but he's another guy. Um, it's anyway. Like I said, do you put an asterisk on the entire season? Like I don't even know. I don't if even know how you approach it at this point. I really, I really don't like that that way of thinking about injuries and asterisks for the season. Because I would, I would challenge you to find a season where there hasn't been a long list of injuries. Because every year there's a long list of injuries. And obviously, it may be worse this year. I'm not arguing that there's not more this year or whatever. But every single year, there's a ton of, of 
decent quality guys that are hurt or out. Just happens. That's how it is every single year. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, I'm still upset over people saying that we're giving Brayton too much credit. <laughs> we need to realize other guys are out, and I'm like, I don't know how to approach this. Right. Like, can I, what, what do you say? Canary got ninth, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how to approach that. Do we say awesome job by Canary, or do we say keep in mind the 10 guys that could have finished ahead of him are out? No, I, I don't know how I don't to handle think, this. Yeah, I really don't think you do that. I, I'm telling you this. If you do well at an AMA Supercross or an AMA National, you deserve credit for what place you got because there are plenty of good guys there. They may not have the same name as the guy that you're used to hearing all the time, Yeah, but I promise you that they're going fast. Just because you don't know who they are yeah. or they haven't been blown up by the media yet Suck as it. much as the other guy that was out. Suck it, Wagant. They deserve, the, they deserve <laughs> that credit. I promise you. It doesn't matter. I do say if you want to go fo- fully down that road, you're going to have to find some track and field star who didn't even know of the sport of motocross and maybe was born with an incredible talent to ride a motorcycle but didn't even know it and never entered the sport. And hence, there should be an asterisk that he isn't racing. Either, like, how far down that road do you want to go? Of like, yeah, right. where do you, where does it stop? There. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. I, I, yeah. I just like if you hire Weston Pike and then you let him go and he goes out and says, ah, oh, those guys owe me money. I don't know what happened. They just let me go. F those guys. <laughs> I mean, how do you get hired back? How do you go? Like, only in our sport could that happen, I guess. I don't know. Like, if I'm the manager, I guess you don't hear about him talking crap. Publicly on internet radio shows, um, I guess you don't hear that, so you don't know. But wouldn't someone tell you that? I, I yeah, think, uh, just to add to what we were talking about before, I, man, in 2000, I was making you know all the that was the year I made all the double mains and stuff. Literally in the last chance, I crashed in the first turn, got up. It's a six lap race, and I still got second. Okay, so. To think that the competition is weak or the guys don't deserve credit for what place they're getting, it's not, it's not any different. It was so easy back then compared to now that it shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be a worry. It shouldn't even be a concern. It's so much more difficult now than it was back then. So I don't know. That, that's just a really a big pet peeve of mine. Like Bobby Canary, to get ninth, he rode a great race. I watched him the whole time. He, he rode a great race. He passed legitimate guys to get there. Plus, so, Bobby Canari's a really good guy. Yeah, I mean, take all that aside, though. It's just yeah. the fact that people want to discredit somebody's ride because Fucking their Wig- favorite rider wasn't out there, that's, that's crap, in my opinion. Fucking Wygant, JT. Eh? Wygant. All I can say is Bob Hanna used to run 45-minute rotos wide open, no pacing himself, uh, <laughs> in 110-degree heat in Texas. No problem. And Never. just drink a beer and smoke a cig at the end of the moto, I believe. That's what I've heard. That's what you've heard. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, stay tuned this week. We'll see what, what Wes and Pike's doing. So, um, yeah. No, I think he's hurt now. Yeah, maybe That's he's hurt. problem. Yeah. Um, he might not be he there. He's going to try to race. Okay. All right. Uh, 250 Series, uh, Barsha, Rocks, and Warden. It was an insane main event. It seemed like guys were flying off the track cartwheeling into each other, taking each other down, multi-bike pileups, the whole main event, except for the top three guys who managed to stay pretty clean. At one point, Blake Warden had a 19-second lead on fourth place. 19 seconds on fourth place. It was just behind, behind the top three guys, it looked like bombs were going off everywhere. Very, <laughs> very, very strange race. But uh, 
Barsha wins again. Uh, Roxon was fighting the flu. I was thinking it might be an off weekend for him, but I think this weekend was his best weekend. He's ridden. He's gotten second before, but he was he kept Barsha honest all weekend. JT, um, with the flu like that, uh, does that have anything to do with it? Does it? I mean, does it apply at all? I don't think so. He looked. He did not look good all day, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, he didn't ride until the because he, he rode press day, so he had ridden the whole track between Thursday press and Friday press. Yeah. Uh, so. He didn't ride at all until the last time practice, and uh, he didn't look that great. He wasn't on the board, um, and, yeah. and he just looked he looked off. You could tell he was yeah. sick or whatever. Um, and then, you know, T-Race, he rode okay, you know, uh, nothing spectacular. And then the main event, he looked, he looked really good. Um, you know, he wasn't going to beat Barsha, but uh, I, I thought it was, a you know, a credit for him, he, he toughed it out, and when it when the you know the points were being given out, and when it really mattered, he he came through, and you know he didn't win, but I don't I don't think going into that main event he felt like he was going to. Yeah. Uh, but well, he wrote, he did good. I mean, that was one of his better races in a really tough circumstance. So. Yeah. Good. Does uh same thing same question, but for Justin Barsha, does Barsha win the rest of them? Personally, I think yes. Yeah, I, I do. I think he will win the rest of them. I, I think the the last weekend was kind of a fluke. He just had a bad race and you know couldn't get to the front. If he would have got the whole shot on that one, I think he still wins that one. Yeah. But I, I think he kind of learned his lesson. Um, yeah, I think that was a little bit of a not a humbling experience, but it kind of grounded him and took the pressure off. I, I just think the pressure was building to have this right. perfect season. Yeah. And uh, it was just in his head, and he was worried about making a mistake, and now he can just go out there and ride like the way he knows how. And if he does that, then, you know, he's, nobody's going to beat him. Well, again, what's your theory on Blake, uh, Blake Baggett? What's going on? Ah, glad you brought that up. During the show, like you notice, I very rarely or never really say anything negative about Ralph Shaheen and the TV shows, right? Yeah, because but you can't. In this because, one, yeah. well, yeah, I can't because it's just going to come across as – Sour grapes. So I'm going to say that my rep is safe by never, ever saying anything bad, ever. Um, I think it's – I would like to think at this point I made it clear that I'm not just grinding an axe. But um, I thought it was weird that in the lights race, he says, you know, Roxon came into this year expecting to win, you know, maybe a title and win races, and is the pressure beginning to build on him because he's not performing at that level? And I'm thinking, dude, at least he's in second. Yeah. What about this other guy who's in like 11th yeah. that was at as much, if not more, of a favorite, and, at least as much of a favorite as Roxon. And Roxon's in his first full year. Blake's in his third year. You know? Yeah. Um, Roxon Ro- had a little bit of an injury coming in, and he hadn't raced East before. You yeah. know, he's yeah. younger. Like, there's just a bunch of other reasons that Baggett, like, this is almost not make or break year for Baggett, but it should be about, should be hitting his stride in life Supercross right there's now. There's got to be, like, something going on off the track, right? And he continues to say no. The only thing I say is, when he was on last year, it was so abnormally on. It was so bizarre. It made no sense to me that outdoors he was winning races the way he was. Like that 250 class, if you look at the guys that are in there, they all seem so closely matched. I don't think anyone would have imagined, yeah, there's someone in this group that can just you know, run in seventh halfway through the moto and then just find three seconds a lap and just blow everybody away. It was right. so weird right. that to me it's like, it was too weird. It was as weird as it is th- to be that high. Now it's as weird as it is that it's this low. Like there's something strange about his program or the way his mind works or something. 
that leads to these abnormal highs and abnormal lows. Hmm. I, I can't tell you. I was watching very closely, and after the White's main event, um, me being suicidal myself at that point, I was watching uh, Baggett talking with Alvin Baker and, and his mechanic. Yeah. And they had a very lengthy discussion. Yeah. I mean, the, the 450s were taking off, and they were still talking. And this is after podiums and yeah. hot laps, and, all, and they were still over there. And Alvin's very animated, you know. And, and I think he was just kind of, you know, talking him off the ledge and, you know, trying to keep his head in the right place because, you know, well, there, there's a lot of racing season left. Well, I but talk- it was oh, sorry. super long. I talked, to, I talked to Alden after the race. Uh, I said, hey, you were talking to Blake for a long time. and He was like, if you, if you don't want to be here, then don't be here. Then don't be here. That's what he said. So Ooh. maybe more anger on Alden's part than talking him off the ledge, you know. Um, right. Um, I, don't, I don't know exactly. Uh, Blake's a good guy. Uh, yeah. He's quiet. Well, uh, I, I, think, I think Alden is assessing where Blake's mind is at. You know, I, I don't know where Blake's right. head is at. You know, there's, sometimes you need to be – reassured and given a positive uh, kind of talk. And then there's other times where right. maybe you don't need to be given such positive talk and you need to be told, you know, yeah. you're yeah. better than that and what are you doing out there. So, and I'm sure Alvin is very aware of where Blake is at mentally and I'm sure he was speaking to him how he thought he needed to be spoken to. So I, I was very interested I because I, I felt like I was in the same spot as Blake is. Our season's just been crap. Yeah. And I wish that I could have stood next to the bike and hear what was being said. Honestly, at that point, I was like wishing I was standing there. So yeah, no, no Mitch Payton this weekend either. So like free legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you just you know the guy's seen it all and won championships and been through ups and downs. And if he's that animated in a conversation, in a situation, I felt like I could relate to. I I just felt like it would have been awesome to know what was being said, mm-hmm. but. If he was just getting yelled at, then trust me, I've already <laughs> I'm good on that. I'm good on that part right now. Where does uh where does Chad fall on the, the talks to you, J T as far as sometimes being positive and sometimes just maybe, you know, letting you know? Where does Chad fall in on those talks? Uh he doesn't get too involved, but I mean if I ask him like man to man, like, man, I really need help, like what he he's awesome with that stuff. But you know, obviously there's times too when you know, he's just like, dude, you just got to do it. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. You're better <laughs> You're better than you're doing. Just you got to do it. Like, that's all there is to it. So it's just kind of both. You know, I, I mean, he's he has fun with it. And at the same time, if he can tell that I'm really upset, and there's days where, you know, I'm really bummed out. Like, I don't, I don't know what else I can do more during the week to be better. And right. just nothing seems to go my way. No matter how good I ride, it's just I get in a heat race where other guys are just better than me or whatever. Um, you know, there's days like that where he's genuinely, you know, you know, there to help me and try to, you know, help me through it. So I don't know. He's been good. Everybody's honestly been really good. It's just at some point you're, you know, everybody has bosses and when you're not, when you're not, uh, doing what you're supposed to do, they're going to come down on you at some point. The, um, the tweet from burner saying that the A practice didn't start till 12 o'clock today. How, how was that? <laughs> yeah, I was what? just giving him crap because it was his first day riding, and what a dick. Yeah, he, uh, he doesn't like to get up that early, so right. I was just uh, just bagging um, on him a little bit. Uh, Justin Bogle, uh, what'd you think? Why Gant uh, came together with uh, our favorite Italian Supercrosser uh, Pellegrini? 
Uh, Yoni? What, yeah. What'd you think? Well, first of all, I want to say I'm Pellegrini. Um, at the first uh, East race of the year, uh, I think it was a heat race, and he was actually running up front. He was like fifth or sixth in the heat. And Jordan Roberts, who is our guy that works the, the racetrack subscription booth, turned to me and said, the dude in the Suzuki is definitely going to crash on the next lap because so many mistakes were being made. Like, you could just yeah. see it was coming. Yeah. And to me, that kind of sums up, like, you know, good for the dude, good that he's trying, good that he's here, and he's actually riding pretty well and going pretty fast. But there have definitely been moments where he has gotten a little buck wild out there, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but that is not the story. The world has turned. The, the public opinion has completely turned against Justin Bogle. Like, he's public enemy number one. I had a bunch of friends email me and be like, what's up with this punk? Is he spoiled? I hear people saying, look at the way he carries himself at the races. He's just a rookie, but he thinks he's the man. What's his deal getting mad at other people for his mistake? Like, it's unbelievable. People hate this guy right now. Yeah. Quickly, the fortunes can change. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you. he's a good yeah. dude. Like, it's amazing how quickly people turn on him. Yeah, he is a good dude. And, uh, I mean, I guess some of his reactions are, like, after the crashes, you know? Or whatever after incidents. Yeah, that's what it's based. Yeah, on, the way for the most ha- part. And, but he's a rookie; he's figuring it out. I mean, uh, you know, I, there's there's just no way he doesn't get get better and learn from it and change a little bit. You know, I I thought that crash. I tweeted that that crash was Pellegrino's fault, but after watching it again, it's kind of a racing incident. You know, uh, but my my reason why I thought it was Pellegrino's fault is they were they were coming at me face on, so I couldn't really tell the the, the lines. But like you said, Wygant, Pellegrini was out of shape for like a, a lap and a half, like bad casing stuff, legs coming off, switching lines, uh, buck wild in the whoops. I mean, this guy, he was out of control and, but hanging on and giving it his all. But and so when, when they, when they collided in the air, I just naturally assumed it was the Italian guy getting crazy, but it was more of a racing incident. JT, do you agree? Yeah, I, I agree. There was, Neither of them were at fault. It was just both of them kind of forced the issue, and there was there wasn't really any room to force the issue there. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I felt like the deal with Bogle is he was more a victim of circumstances. I'm telling you right now, if you followed me around with a video camera my whole day, that I would be getting the same backlash that Bogle's getting because I do the same stuff, and I think everybody does to a certain extent. Uh-huh. There's things that happen that you're not happy with all day long. Right. And it just happened to be every time he was on video when, when bad stuff yeah. was happening. And, you know, he's an emotional kid. We've seen that with Malcolm and this weekend. Uh, and, I mean, he's just a kid, you know. That's what people don't, you know, they want to overlook it so quickly as he's just a kid. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on these guys mm-hmm. to perform and to win races and do all this stuff. And they're just kids. They're not, you know, emotionally prepared to handle Stuff, stuff going wrong, you know, it just, I feel like you have to cut him a little bit of slack. It's not like you, you know, open fire on anybody. You just, you know, <laughs> no. yelled at him and was like threw up his hands. You know what I mean? Big deal. You threw up your hand. What, you know, yeah. what is that? He Everybody's going to jump all over his case because he threw his hand up. He did not open fire on anybody. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like yeah. he's just taking a little bit more heat than you should get for throwing your hand up. Right. right. You know what I mean? It's not, not that big of a deal. JT, do you like the Toronto race? I do. I really do like Toronto race, yeah. I do. Seems like I get a lot of flack from other riders and industry people about how they don't like it. But dude, Yeah, but I like Canada, and I like traveling internationally. So that yeah. 
kind yeah. of a skewed. I think it's skewed. I mean, the pits, the me. pits aren't the greatest and stuff. And some of the truck drivers had to rent different tractors because of, you know, laws. But I think that Canada race is a good race. I'm biased, though, obviously. But. Yeah, the, the semi situation is not good. I know it cost our, our team a lot of money just for the regulations and getting the uh-huh. inspection and the manifest and all the stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, other teams had to rent special trucks and trailers just for that race. So that part I understand. That's not that cool. Mm-hmm. But the other stuff I think is awesome. Like, the stadium's cool. I love Toronto as a city. I like Canada as a whole. Uh, the rest of it, I think it's awesome, especially now that it's a little bit later in the year and, and the weather's a little bit warmer. Yeah. I, I don't really but have anything bad to say about why it. Why do I take a lot of flack? Just because, why do people think it sucks? Why do because I think a lot of people aren't used to traveling internationally, and, and yeah. there's a lot of things that are a hassle about it. And if you're not used to it, then it is a pain in the butt. Right. Customs aren't that much fun, you know, especially going back to the U.S. and you know early morning and mm-hmm. switching money and taxi drive. You know, what I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that's inconvenient. But you know, I feel like I'm used to it. It's not. I don't even think about that stuff anymore. So. Okay. If that stuff is all new to you, then, yeah, it is a huge, well, huge hassle, and you're probably bitter all weekend about it. Wygant hasn't gone two years in a row. can't help but think he's uh, a little down on it. I think it's one of the more underrated races. Um, I think it's, I think Toronto's awesome. Just um, It's also closer to Morgantown, so the Morgantown guys were supposed to go and cover it, and then they all decided not to go. So I yeah. should have just went. Very um, upset. Why but, uh, anyway, I don't think the BTO Sports Butler Brothers team can complain about spending more money in the truck since Toronto was once the site of their greatest night in the history of their team in Supercross. Yes. When they dominated, sweeping the podium of the <laughs> non-AMA section. I can assure you their guy getting on the podium in the lights class has nothing to do with my viewpoint on Toronto. <laughs> Absolutely zero. <laughs> no, I'm saying the team, if the, the team, team spent more money yeah. on Toronto, they have no right to complain. Toronto has been awesome to them. Yes. Um, no, that's true. Wygant, who's having the worst year relative to their expectations, not just straight-up points? Blake Baggett or Mookie? Who's having the worst year? I think it's – I don't want to downplay how rough it's been on Mookie, but I still say Baggett's <laughs> definitely the winner in that one. Right. That doesn't mean it's been good for Mookie by any stretch. Yeah, hasn't been good. This, this Baggett thing, I mean, seriously, there's not much precedent for this. Like, first of all, he's on the really good team. Very rarely does a rider on that team, any rider, struggle big time. He's already won races before. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, he's supposedly not hurt. Like, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. But the Mookie one, which I'm, I'm, I think you're trying to transition into talking about Mookie here. Uh, yeah, man, anything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Man, you know, uh, uh, two times this year I've come out and after the first practice in Twitter, this guy is going to make the podium. And, I, and it hasn't been like the traditional, you know, winners. You know, I haven't said Justin Barsha's going to make the podium. I did it in the West Coast with Musquin at Phoenix, and he got fourth. And I did it with Wharton early in the second round of the East Coast. He got third or something like that. Because you can just yep. tell from the very first practice, you know, you know who did press day, so you know who's going to figure it out. And you can just tell from the first practice who's on it and who's not. I said the same thing about Mookie this weekend. I said Mookie is going to make the podium this weekend because from the very first practice, he was just on it, and he was super fast in the whoops. He was the fastest rider in the second practice, was he? Or did he eventually lose it? He was on the board at number one for a while, and, and if not finished that way. So it was just a, he was just on it, but just an example of how things aren't going for him, you know? Uh 
just one of those years for him. Yeah, well, and, I think uh, Mookie, I think it's okay. Good, JT. Uh, I was just going to say really quick on Mookie this weekend. I think when the whoops deteriorated, that's where that's when his speed went away. Yeah, not that he wasn't fast on the rest of the right. track, but that's right. where he was really killing everybody in practice. So mm-hmm. I don't think that that top speed was sustainable because of the whoop deterioration. Right. Yeah, they 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 did get pretty bad. What were you going to say, Wygant? I know it's his second year and it's Bogle's first, but I think you're still seeing the same situation where, um, you know, a lot of these guys are fast, but they, they, they're still, like, learning how to, like, salvage situations and not turning something bad into something worse as opposed to making something good out of something bad. It's like they've – he and Bogle, since they're new, I think, sometimes that happens. They make bad into worse where other riders who've been there for a while can turn something bad into halfway decent. Yeah. When their night goes bad, it goes bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's probably good, probably good idea, uh, or a good point, I should say. Alex Martin got six. Good job for him, considering he was on the pavement at one point. Um, with that the, was by far his best riding, though, wouldn't you say? Yes, yes, by far. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what changed for him or what happened. He told me before the yeah. race. I talked to him uh, uh, before the race, uh, and he said he liked Toronto. He liked being there. So there was one guy that liked it. Ooh. I like him and Bowers, the smallest and largest riders. Yes, getting into it, it together. Yeah, that was uh, pretty good. Um, I talked to Bowers today. Bowers said, remember uh, Wyndham and Alessi coming together last week in the rhythm lane? Yeah. And then um, there was a very similar situation where Barsha cut completely over on the track on an on-off to cut off Wharton in a heat race Yep. in Indy. Mm-hmm. So Bowers said, I guess people have been watching the races, and that's the trend of what you're supposed to do turn into people, swerve at them in a rhythm lane. So that's what he did to me. JT, so. you can speak for that. That's a dirty move because that can take a front wheel out. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, if you swerve at me in a rhythm lane, if there's any way possible for me to run into you as hard as possible, it's coming. <laughs> like, I guarantee it. Like, I, I don't have any tolerance for that move at yeah, all. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, not a good one because it oftentimes catches not cool. Front. You're going to hurt. That, that hurts people, that move. Right. Not that's not cool at all. Um, was Alessi's deal last week? Was that on purpose blocking? There was a tough block kind of down in the next corner. Was he adjusting his line for that, or was that seriously a? I'm cutting this guy off in the air. I don't think it was intentional at all. That was the race line, jump on, gotcha. jump off, then step off to the right to go inside. I don't think yeah. that was intentional at all. Gotcha. But this weekend's move on Regal was intentional. I didn't see it. I'm going yeah, off your yeah. word on that. Yeah, so. no, no. Yeah, it he, he wasn't in the air though. It wasn't a cutting over in a rhythm, but it was. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm going to cut in front of you and slam on my rear brake, and you're going to go down. Um. Now earlier in the year, he took a couple guys out by mysteriously missing his back brake. Yeah, yeah. He's taking. He's back brake is like a a, a knife for him. Cut <laughs> you up in any way. He has clearly yeah. has something going on there. Yeah, yeah it's not good right now with uh, Hanson and uh, and Ivan and now Regal. Yeah, definitely not good. Um, is that it? Dakota Tedder, I think, made his first career main event. So let's give it up to Dakota Tedder. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. I know they've been going at it for a while. Yeah, so. yeah. And I, well, Wygant, do you think it's their first first one? I, I, I would think so. I hadn't looked that. We knew it was his first uh, of the year. Yeah. But I guess we can look and figure out. He's probably been one a year or two that we can look. Yeah, it would think, be hard. I think it might be his result. first career one. I, I've been paying attention a little bit so maybe i could be wrong but uh what happened with uh what happened with nicoletti's bike again did his bike go up again yes i believe so gosh i mean chad tanner's a close friend of mine and 
obviously their bikes are fast. They they get great starts, but man, they have had some some yeah. serious issues at times this year. No, and the, you know what? And I don't remember them having any problems last year. Uh, maybe uh, well, I, I do, I do, but Durham's fork just, broke. I remember. Yeah, that. I just I just feel like that they're really really pushing the envelope of reliability to get some horsepower, and clearly they found it. Their bikes are really good. I, I watch them. Not only on the starts, but I watch them. You know, you can really see at Tuva DF how hard they're working to make rhythm sections right. and do certain obstacles. Right. And they don't seem to be having a problem at all. Uh, but, man, it's just, you know, it, it comes to a point where you're like, okay, well, we have this, this piston compression ratio crazy high, and it works, but, man, we're, you know, we're grenading bikes left and right or this cam or whatever. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't run that. You know, maybe we should just taper it down a little bit and – finish every race and, you know, maybe give up one horsepower. Just, I don't know, you know, I'm clear. I'm just making up a total, yeah. you know, just making scenarios up, but it seems like that's got to go on at some point, right? Yeah, no, they've had the problems. Um, Jeff Gibson, though, 11, they did no, good this weekend. Just, yeah. That's, that's what I hate is they're doing good. They're always right. in a good position when it happens. That's the bummer. You know, if they were, if they were in the back, their bikes were blown up. I would, you know, nobody would care. Nobody would even notice or yeah. say anything or whatever. But they're doing great, and you know, I hate to see them lose great finishes, especially for a privateer team like that. You need every great finish you can get. So yeah, just a bummer. Um, well said. Anything else, uh, Wagant? Um, I think we had a couple of weeks ago on the show. You were saying shockingly eighth in the points is Hunter Hewitt. Where's he even been? Yeah. What is what has happened to that yeah, program? He has fallen off. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what's going on. On the other on hand, Wharton's I don't great. know what's going on there, but Wharton, Wharton is riding really well, really aggressive. I mean, I know it's, he did win a race, so I'm not really like yeah. uh, an encyclopedia here like teaching you something you didn't know. But um, his battle with Durham to get Durham, that was yeah. – dude, they were going at it. Yeah, no, for sure. And he, and he, did, the, um, and he did the Canadian National Anthem before the race. Yeah, <laughs> pulling double duty. It's fantastic. Yeah. Did you see that, JT? Yeah. I did. I was I was looking at the track, uh, walking around. I always usually walk the the concourse, like all the way around the top, uh-huh. and look at the track to see what they've done. Like with the uh, fans like, and stuff. With with what? Like with the fans. Yeah, yeah. I'm just creeping. I'm like weaving in and out of fans, but nobody. But I no, like to see nobody, what the track is is no, like. Nobody, especially you? the loops and stuff. Nobody. Yeah, you? they do. They oh. do, but it's all good. I mean, whatever. Part of it. Okay. Um, so but yeah, I, w- I watched it from up there, and it was it was awesome. He was like, good. I was really, yeah, I, never, I don't even know the song, but I was pumped on it. Yeah, uh, Tevin Tapia saw him in the coming out of the bathroom and, 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 and by your pits, JT, and asked him for a photo, and he said no. Really? Yeah. I was thought oh, that's was, a bummer. I was thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I know Chad talked to him Friday, Thursday, or Friday night because he was at a concert somewhere, and Chad saw him, mm-hmm. and uh, he said that he was super nice. So, hmm. you know, maybe maybe he knew Chad Reed was and didn't know who Tevin's happy. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. Like, I've been asked for things at the wrong time, and I don't want to do it. You know, it's, it's yeah. so much timing with that stuff. You never know what people are doing or yep. they're mad or late or what's going on. So yeah, we've, that's, that's, that's we've touched on it before. James Stewart will sign 300 autographs, but the 301st guy will be like that dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's such an unfair, and it's never going to change. It's always going to be like that, but it's so unfair sometimes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good. Good time. Slash. It was good. I did not know. Is Slash Canadian? No. 
No, he was so born what, in London. What brought this on? Monster. He's a monster athlete. Oh, he's a monster athlete. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a monster <laughs> guy, anyways. <laughs> there is nothing about Guns N' Roses. It could be the polar opposite of athleticism. Yeah, well. They're not fat, I guess. How about that? They're not overweight. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing they have in common. He's a monster body. He's yeah. born in London, raised in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mom was a costume designer for movie movie stars. Um, she the one that put the hat together. Thank you, hat. thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah, I, I did some research on him because I didn't know very much, and I was shockingly disappointed in myself at how little I knew about him. But that's all been fixed now. <laughs> Great, good to hear. Uh, thank you uh, for doing the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast. Uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. Uh, Thank you again. Tim Tebow sucks, and we will see you both of you guys in Houston this weekend. Yeah, this will be my yeah, last podcast based on that comment you just made. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, all right. See you guys. See you again. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully this weekend goes better for me. We Otherwise, all, you may see your first suicide on the track. We all hope it does. Believe me. <laughs> maybe we could do – maybe if it doesn't go well for you, maybe Lurch can do, like, the first ever uh, – Stoning. Sto- you can stone me. Or or light yourself light yourself on fire, man on fire. Yeah, like Joan of Arc. Right. Let's do that. Yeah. Good times. It would probably announce through the suicidal, you know, hit of the floor and then <laughs> well, you being scraped up. While I'm burning alive, he'll have James like shooting T shirts into the crowd. <laughs> based on the LA the based on LA. <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Jason Thomas burning at the stake. Can we do the wave? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh gosh. gosh. Uh, good times. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right. See, right, see you in Houston. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.